Chapter number twenty seven of the House of Whispers by William Lacroix. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Betrays the Bond. The girl hurried on, her heart filled with wonder, her eyes brimming with tears of indignation. The one thought occupying her whole mind was whether Walter really wished to see her again. Had Flockhart spoken the truth? The serious face of the man she loved so well rose before her blurred vision. She had been his, his very own, until she had sent off that fateful letter. In five minutes Flockhart had again overtaken her. His attitude was appealing. He urged her to at least see her lover again, even if she refused to write or return to her father. Why do you come here to taunt me like this? she cried, turning upon him angrily. Once because you were my mother's friend, I believed in you. But you deceived me and in consequence you hold me in your power. Were it not for that, I could have spoken to my father, have told him the truth and cleared myself. He now believes that I have betrayed his business secrets, while at the same time he considers you to be his friend. I am his friend, Gabrielle, the man declared. Why tell me such a lie? she asked reproachfully. Do you think I too am blind? Certainly not. I give you credit for being quite as clever and as intelligent as you are, dainty and charming. I— Thank you, she cried in indignation. I require no compliments from you. Lady Hayburn has expressed a wish to see you, he said. She is still in San Remo, and asked me to invite you to go down there for a few weeks. Your aunt has written her, I think, complaining that you are not very comfortable at Woodnewton. I have not complained. Why should Aunt Emily— complain of me you seem to be the bearer of messages from the whole of my family mr flockhart i am here entirely in your own interest my dear child he declared with that patronizing air which so irritated her not entirely i think she said smiling bitterly i tell you i much regret all that has happened and you regret she cried fiercely do you regret the end of that woman you know whom i mean Beneath her straight glance he quivered. She had referred to a subject which he feigned would have buried forever. This dainty, neat-waisted girl knew a terrible secret. Was it not only too true, as Lady Hayburn had vaguely suggested a dozen times, that her mouth ought to be effectually sealed? He had sealed it once, as he thought. Her fear to explain to her father the incident of the opening of the safe had given him confidence that no word of the truth regarding the past would ever pass her lips. Yet he saw that his own mechanizations were now likely to prove his undoing. The web which, with her ladyship's assistance, he had woven about her was now stretched to breaking point. If it did yield, then the result must be ruin, and worse. Therefore he was straining every effort to again reinstate her in her father's good graces, and restore in her mind something akin to confidence but all his arguments as he walked on at her side in the gathering gloom proved useless she was in no mood to listen to the man who had been her evil genius ever since her school days as he was speaking she was wondering if she dared go to walter murray and tell him everything what would her lover think of her what indeed he would only cast her aside as worthless no far better that he should remain in ignorance and retain only sad memories of their brief happiness i am going to glencardine to-night flockhart went on i shall join the mail at peterborough what shall i tell your father 
tell him the truth was her reply that i know you will not do so why need we waste further words do you actually refuse then to leave this dismal hole he demanded impatiently yes until i speak and tell my father the plain and ghastly story rubbish he ejaculated you'll never do that unless you wish to stand beside me in a criminal dock well rather that than be your cat's paw longer mr flockhart she cried her face flushing with indignation oh oh he laughed still quite imperturbed come come this is scarcely a wise reply my dear little girl i wish you to leave me you have insulted my intelligence enough this evening surely you who only a moment ago declared yourself my friend slowly he selected a cigarette from his gold case and halting lit it well if you meet my well-meant efforts on your behalf with open antagonism like this i can't make any further suggestion no please don't go up to glencardine and do your worst for me i am now fully able to take care of myself she exclaimed in defiance you can also write to lady hayburn and tell her that i am still and that i will always remain my blind father's friend but why don't you listen to reason gabrielle he implored her i don't now seek to lessen or deny the wrongs i have done you in the past nor do i attempt to conceal from you my own position my only object is to bring you and walter together again her ladyship knows the whole circumstances and deeply regrets them her regret will be the more poignant some day i assure you then you really intend to act vindictively i shall act just as i think proper she exclaimed halting a moment and facing him please understand that though i have been forced in the past to act as you have indicated because i feared you because i had my reputation and my father's honour at stake i hold you in terror no longer mr flockhart well i'm glad you've told me that he said laughing as though he treated her declaration with humour it's just as well perhaps that we should now thoroughly understand each other yet if i were you i wouldn't do anything rash by telling the truth you'd be the only sufferer you know the only sufferer why well you don't imagine i should be such a fool as to admit that what you said was true do you she looked at him in surprise it had never occurred to her that he with his innate unscrupulousness and cunning might deny her allegations and might even be able to prove them false the truth could not be denied she said simply recollect the cutting from the edinburgh paper truth is denied every day in courts of law he retorted no before you act foolishly remember that put to the test your word would stand alone against mine and those of other people why the very story you would tell would be so utterly amazing and startling that the world would declare you had invented it reflect upon it for a moment and you'll find my dear girl that silence is golden in this as in any other circumstance in life she raised her eyes to his and met his gaze firmly so you defy me to speak she cried you think that i will remain in this accursed bondage of yours i utter no threats my dear child replied flockhart i have never in my life threatened you i merely ventured to point out certain difficulties which you might have in substantiating any allegation which you might make against me for that reason if for none other is it not better for us to be friends i am not the friend of my father's enemy she declared you are quite heroic 
he declared with a covert sneer if you really are bent upon providing the halfpenny newspapers with a fresh sensation pray let me know in plenty of time won't you i've had sufficient of your taunts cried the girl bursting into a flood of hot tears leave me i-i'll say no further word to you except to forgive me he added why should i she asked through her tears because for your own sake for the sake of your future it will surely be best he pointed out you no doubt in ignorance of legal procedure believed that what you alleged would be accepted in a court of justice but reflect fully before you again threaten me dry your eyes or your aunt may suspect something wrong she did not reply what he said impressed her and he did not fail to recognize that fact he smiled within himself when he saw that he had triumphed yet he had not gained his point she dashed away her tears with a little wisp of lace annoyed with herself at betraying her indignation in that womanly way she knew him alas too well she mistrusted him for she was well aware of how cleverly he had once conspired with lady heyburn and with what ingenuity she herself had been drawn into the disgraceful and amazing affair true it was that her story if told in a criminal court would prove so extraordinary that it would not be believed true also that he would of course deny it and that his denial would be borne out by the woman who though her father's wife was his worst enemy the man placed his hand on her shoulder saying may we not be friends gabrielle she shook him off roughly responding in the negative but we are not enemies i mean we will not be enemies as we have been shall we he urged to this she made no reply she only quickened her pace for the twilight was fast deepening and she wished to be back again at her aunt's house why had that man followed her why indeed had he troubled to come there she could not discern his motive they walked together in silence he was watching her face reading it like a book then when they neared the first thatched cottage at the entrance to the village he halted asking may we not now become friends gabrielle will you not listen and take my advice or will you still remain buried here i have nothing further to say mr flockhart than what i have already said was her defiant response i shall act as i think best and you will dare to speak and place yourself in a ridiculous position you mean i shall use my own judgment in defending my father from his enemies was her cold response as with a slight shrug of her shoulders she turned and left him hurrying forward in the darkening twilight along the village street to her aunt's home he on his part turned upon his hill with a muttered remark and set out again to walk towards nassington station whence after nearly an hour's wait in the village inn he took train to peterborough the girl had once again defied him End of chapter twenty seven